from the Carter Subaru Studios, this is the G and Ursula Show with G. Scott and Ursula Voitine. Good morning, everybody. Happy Monday, and thank you for listening to the G and Ursula Show. Ursula always says that I start off with the most random things in the world. So I thought today, today would be a day to be the most random that I've ever been to start a show. So let me tell you guys what has happened behind the scenes. You guys can wait for the news. You don't have anywhere to go anyways. So today in the newsroom, I walk in. And I walk in. If you look at our the G and Ursula Facebook page, you can see what Ursula, well, I didn't know it was Ursula, but somebody brought in this dish full of candy. It was the oddest thing in the world. When you go to it, you look at the Facebook. And I'm going to tell you Specifically themed. You got to explain it. Make it sound a is little bit better. Is it supposed to be Valentine's? Is yes. It, what, but it uh, is, what's around the corner? I have no Nine idea. Days from but now. it is the most random thing. <laughs> and I said, wait, wait, what is it called? A candy what? It's called a candy salad. A candy salad. <laughs> Think about that. It's a trend. Ladies and gentlemen, candy salad. Now, I'm going to tell you what I said. Now, I wouldn't normally tell you what I said unless I had a plan. <laughs> Ursula, you got to trust me on this. Uh, okay. Okay, chef. It's a you, Monday. You remember what I said about it, right? Oh, yeah. what, what, tell the listeners what I said about that. I said it was the what? <laughs> tell the, the truth. I heard you. <laughs> Never seen. I said it was the whitest thing that I'd ever seen, right? And then I said, Paul, I have a plan, right? You ready for this? Okay. Let me tell you why I've been just out of it today. Let me tell you why I am scrambling. Here you go. So I did this 23andMe thing, right? And I did the DNA ancestry stuff, right? So, Ursula, swing on around here. You guys got to hear this. You got to hear this stuff. I'm blown away right now. So... Here you see it, right there. It says 75%, right? Uh-huh. Sub-Saharan African. No uh-huh. doubt about it. West African, Nigerian, all that stuff. 75%. Okay. So you're like, well, where is this going, right, G? What in the world is going on? I am 18%. Mi- no. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. 21%. 21%. Oh, oh. 21% European. Yo. <laughs> Mine is blown so right now. So that candy salad should be right up your alley. That's why I said it's going to be funny <laughs> lady later. Now you get why I said it. I yo, do. Yo, 21% European? <laughs> I'm, yo, what? Like, I'm, I'm texting my son it's like, hey, to me. hey, what's going on? All right. There's okay. my randomness for you. Okay, and, 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 and just to give you a little behind-the-scenes peek, thank you, G, for... Uh, scrambling there and filling a little bit of time. I start the Monday off and my computer weren't turn weren't turned off. <laughs> so I appreciate y'all, but we have a big big show for you today. Text us on our Muckleshoot Casino Resort text line 888-973-5476-888-973 Cairo. Let's get to a top stories of the day brought to you by Way Scar 40 Susu and Auburn. For those of us who hate graffiti, we can now breathe a sigh of relief. The city of Seattle can start enforcing its anti-graffiti law again after an appeals court ruling on Friday overturned a previous court's finding that it was unconstitutional. So a lawsuit had been filed by four people who had been arrested after using chalk to write anti-cop rhetoric outside of Seattle's East Precinct in 2021. And the plaintiffs had argued that the anti-graffiti law was a violation of their First Amendment right to free speech. And they argued that 
Under that law, kids riding with chalk on a sidewalk during a parade could even be arrested. U.S. District Judge Marsha Peckman agreed. But again, on Friday, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals overturned her decision. This is a victory for Seattle City Attorney Ann Davison, who filed that appeal. She says graffiti is a massive problem for the city, costing taxpayers, businesses and residents millions of dollars. And I happen to agree with our city attorney. I want y'all to tell the truth about something. (laughs) Now, you guys know this is a thing that Ursula talks about all the time, right? Graffiti. Yes. Is it me or ever since Ursula has been on this thing? Have you guys noticed more? More? You know what I mean? It's it's like that thing like, you. oh, I want to get this type of car, right? And then all of a sudden when you want that car, you keep seeing that car. (laughs) Yeah, somewhere. Chef is going to give us, it's actually called something when you you do that. Uh, Yeah. Ursula, this graffiti stuff, I can't stop seeing it. I see it everywhere yes. now because yeah, it's on my mind. Because it hasn't been, our graffiti law hasn't been enforced. It's especially bad in the city of Seattle. Mm-hmm. I think it's ugly. It's very costly. Um, so this is great news. When that original ruling came down, I was like, are you serious? If someone were to arrest, you know, that argument about, well, kids riding with chalk on a sidewalk could be arrested. Okay. <laughs> Now, that, that's something was Chef would the say. the likelihood of that happening? <laughs> that's how Chef be okay, doing yeah, his no, argument. Exactly. Well, what about like the little, the little Matthew worst, out there drawing with the sun? Worst <laughs> case scenario. So we're going to go ahead and get rid of this and then, you know, tie the hands of the people, you know, who could potentially enforce this law. So... I'm thankful for this decision by the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. Um, Mayor Harrell's uh, office now says they're going to be working with SPD and the city's attor- uh, attorney's office on enforcement efforts to strike a balance between the larger penalties for prolific taggers and diversion options for low-level offenders so that uh they would still have some of those low-level offenders would still have appropriate avenues for creative expression. I, I'm not saying that some some graffiti isn't cool or whatever, but that's not the graffiti we're talking about. Well, what kind of graffiti are we talking about? Because the, the, the kind that no, you see specifically, off of, I, I agree. Graffiti is a big problem. It yes. should be enforced, but the city's law is also a problem. The fact that you had four people who were arrested in charge, one of them wrote peaceful protest on a jersey barrier in chalk. You're laughing about like little kids getting yeah. arrested in charge, but people did get arrested in charge for writing with chalk. But you're failing also to discuss where it happened, what oh was happening Oh my gosh, it was outside a precinct and people wrote on a jersey barrier with yeah, chalk I, and police arrested yeah, them. It was during the, the height of the rioting So and arrest protests. anyone? No, no. But in this particular case, you know, d- did they go too far? Potentially. Uh, I'm just so, going to say yes to that. Yes, yes. But uh, to throw out the entire thing, it's always throwing out the baby with the bathwater. I said I think Seattle should have far. rewritten the law. The idea you can protest with an AR-15 outside of a police headquarters, but you can't write with chalk yeah. on a jersey barrier, that's silly. Yeah. I, just, I, 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 th- I think the writing with chalk, I think it, w- it went too far. Yeah. Should they have been arrested? No. They should just have been warned. Knock it off. However, <clears throat> getting rid of the anti-graffiti laws and saying, well, now you can't enforce them at all. 
that was Ursula I'm going to give it a buck yeah. with you if you weren't a part of this show I would never bring up the graffiti but the fact <laughs> the fact the fact that, I'm just telling you right now you make this topic so good <laughs> Gets under my skin. Okay. Uh, well, let's talk about. You heard it in Heather's newscast. There's a plan to convert a historic Tacoma church into affordable housing for young people. A bunch of neighbors are unhappy about this. I came here from my death house, and now with Amnesty coming in, you know, many of us here are just saying. You know, maybe we can't stay. That woman, Jan Elliott, tells Cairo 7 TV she's fighting the plan to convert the Rock Revival Center, which was built back in 1908, into communal living for young adults who are between the ages of 18 and 26. So up to 50 tenants would live in 11 shared rooms with an on-site residential director, and drugs and alcohol would be prohibited. Residents would have to take part in required mentorship. Again, these are young people, young adults. Uh, Sharon Hinchcliffe lives one home away from the church, which would be called Amici House. And to have street parking available for 50 individuals that are young adults, for somebody like myself who's has severe limitations on mobility, that's a concern for me that I would not be able to park within 25 feet or 30 feet of my home. Okay, other people brought up the traffic, but Andrew Kane bought this property in 2021 for a million dollars and he says he he wants to create a community of affordable housing with guidance and support for young people all under one roof this is about just giving to those young adults who have dreams and visions and supporting them and going after okay but the neighbors are not happy yeah so what if i told all of you that affordable housing and doesn't really help what if what if I what if I start my Monday morning off like that? What if I told you that actually um, giving and making sure people had enough money to be able to afford things is better? Well, where do I come with this from? Okay, forget the studies. Let's just go my family, right? Let's just go some of the folks that have been in my family on Section Eight since the nineties. Hey, Ursula, guess what? Some of them are still on Section Eight. Mm. It's right? hard to break that so cycle. It's hard to break the cycle because here's what happens. When you start getting the living, you're like, okay, my, I'm going to be able to, let's say in this case, $700 a month, $800 a month. And it's going to be, okay, I can be able to pay for my living. There's still going to be avenues in, in areas where you can't afford to pay for other things, right? So it is still going to be a problem. So what I'm trying to say is is this. Today, we're still talking about affordable housing. And this is the biggest buzzwords in, in the world because I'm, I'm just trying to let people know that that isn't going to fix things. You know what's going to fix things? People being able to make enough money to afford the things that are going on today. I believe in my heart and that it is a mindset that people fall into when you're only paying X amount of money for it. Like, okay, so you're going to be paying, in this case, five, $600 a month or $700 a month, so you're going to get this deal on this. Well, that is not going to help. People need to make more money. So I'm just bringing that up to start the Monday morning on the wages part. But I guess this is the temporary Band-Aid that needs to happen because nothing else is happening. Well, so the, I agree. Yeah, the, well, the problem is... Um here is a solution. Here is a potential solution for young people, again, between the ages of 18 and 26, uh, drugs and alcohol prohibited, 
They have to meet certain conditions. Converting a church, which there are a lot of uh, empty church buildings and soon going to be even more. Um, and the neighborhood is against it. Uh, in recent days, we've talked about people in cities like Kirkland or Renton against converting hotels into homeless housing. Seattle's International District was against expanding a homeless shelter. Kenmore doesn't want homeless housing there from Plymouth Housing. I, I guess I have just one question. What's that? Where should they go? No, I don't. You can't. You can't just be throwing that question out there. You know, dang on well, we're gonna get the text line, and somebody's gonna say, "Go to this island or this island." Yeah, people the, don't the, see okay, it. okay. McNeil Island is always one that people throw. Like, just just send people in, into exile and, and send them to McNeil Island. Muckleshoot Casino Resort text line eight 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 nine seven three five four seven six triple eight ninety seven three Cairo. If there are all these places, if if you don't want to convert. Old hotel, uh, old hotels into housing, or uh, empty downtown Seattle buildings into housing. You know, uh, I, I guess I'm I, uh, every solution that is a, a potential solution is knocked down. So, I, what are the solutions? I, I, That's okay, what I want to know. Okay, I I know I probably started with like a bang with that whole thing, and and you didn't expect for that to come. And there's for some reason I'll end with this. There seems to be. A lot of different solutions. It just it depends on what people like. For an example, but they like nothing. When, when there's a solution of eliminating student loan debt, some of the se- right when student loan debt comes up, there is this argument of, well, we can't do that because in yesteryear I was able to do it myself, so we can't help in that way. So when people don't want that to happen, but at the same time you want this fix with those that are unhoused. Right. Yeah. So we we have to be consistent on how we want to help people. Maybe I'm just not seeing it, though. So I want to know from you listening right now, where should they go if you don't want them in your neighborhood? If you don't want uh, uh, an old building converted into a shelter, whether it's uh, with wraparound services or or, um, uh, people. For example, similar to what you would have in a, in a dorm situation where you would have someone taking care uh, and watching over people. So there would be some supervision. If you don't want that, what are your proposed solutions? I, I'm kind of against this one, actually. And I feel like I should be ashamed to admit that because I constantly stunt for affordable housing and you know creative housing solutions. But you're talking about plunking down 50 people in the middle of a neighborhood, right? 50 people. I don't believe this church has a parking lot, so it's all street parking, if this was across the street from my house, I would have a lot of concerns. And frankly, this sounds like an investment vehicle for a guy that plunked a million dollars into buying this property, and now he's put, planning on putting 50 people in there. And gee, if they're paying 700 bucks a month, this guy's clearing 35 grand a month. Like, he'll pay off a million dollar mortgage in about three years. Okay, but how much does uh, do us as taxpayers yeah. pay? I mean, it's money from somewhere. Again, would you want 50 costs- people living in the building across the street from you with no additional parking? I would want to create some additional parking. That's, That's my concern. Yeah, That's- but but here's here's my question. Again, where should they go? Because well, these aren't homeless people. These are young people yeah, these are who young are people. Yeah, yeah, yes, just exactly. starting out in life. Young people exactly. need a place the to ch- live. The church sure. already exists there, right? I mean, th- yes. this is a church so you get that already people exists. There, and there is once parking. a week, maybe, right? I don't know. I, I have concerns. Yeah. Right. Okay. We're going to move on because yeah, uh, oh, we're almost out of time. Okay. I, I, I just, 
So, this this topic is just so it, it really gets to me, Ursula, because I just wonder what people would rather. Would they rather help people out before they need to help, or would they rather help them when they need the help? Like we know that this is a problem. Yes. Like we know housing is yes. a problem. And I hear you loud and clear on the, you know, we need to increase wages. We need to get, you know, close the hole in the boat. Right. However, we have that hole now. So what do you do with the people who need housing? If every proposed solution is not good enough, what are UBI. what are we missing? UBI. Universal basic income. UBI. You, you, you know when my credit got better? You know when I was better at, at paying my at paying my bills? When I made more money? It's not rocket science, y'all. You don't have to go to school for it. I was a my credit got better when I started making more money. Shocker, right? I know. My living situation got better when I started making more money. Yeah. Wow. But, but and I hear you on that. But again, we have a problem right now with people who have nowhere to go UBI. right now. UBI. Give people money. Give people the money so they can go do it themselves. It's not. I mean, seriously. Well, I, I tell you what. But how about where, we, where does that money come from? Where, where, Again, yeah. where, where does the money come from In when this there's, case, where, where this there's is more a private living? Person. Oh, the, the private. But I'm yeah. just saying, as we are addressing the homelessness crisis right now, where does the money come from? It comes from us. So when do you guys want to give them the money? Before or after? Coming up next on the G and Ursula show, the Grammys. Ursula was so excited to talk about the Grammys. So we're going to talk about it, too. And there's one thing that excited. No, there's a bunch of things that excited Ursula the most. We'll share that next. Jen Ursula. the G and Ursula show text us on our Muckleshoot Casino Resort text line 888-973-5476-888-973 Cairo you're we in the, we got uh, look I'm not, I'm not even exaggerating our listeners that be texting into the show <laughs> 701 text in and said gee welcome to the white privilege <laughs> Yo, I know you can never And he's saying that because you just found out as of your uh, 23andMe results. I'm 21 percent European. (laughs) That means one whole. It's almost like Chef said. It's equivalent of one grandparent being all the way white. (laughs) Almost, yeah, yes. 21. Would you have ever guessed it, Ursula? (laughs) (laughs) No. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, uh, We could get in trouble with all sorts of things there. Um, Okay. But at the end of this segment, I want to ask a big, big, big fat favor from all of our listeners. But right now we need to talk about the Grammys because for the first time in a very, very long time, Mm -hmm. I watched from beginning to end because I'm not a big fan of award show, but award shows. But for some reason, last night it was just like perfect opportunity. It, it, it'd been a big emotional weekend. Tell, and I just tell needed, us why, why I needed to chill. You. you turned it on. What turned was it? On. What first was it all, that hooked you? First of all, Trevor Noah is the host, and he to me is the perfect award show host. He knows how to make things funny without being insulting. 
Mm. He just kept it upbeat. He was singing the praises, lifting people up. Any jokes were were not on at the expense of the performers or 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 the people in the audience. But it was just uh, it, it it was just a, a positive experience to an already emotional weekend for me, mm-hmm. and uh, it was star studded. I actually happened to to know a lot of the songs that that had been nominated, but man, they really. I mean, it was a it was a big night for women, and we already know Taylor Swift won her fourth album of the year, f- album of the year Grammy, which is a record now. So he she is in a, a, a truly in, in a league of her own, and and um, there was someone who took issue with the fact that his wife never won a best album award. We'll talk about that in a second, but I want to go back to the Tracy Chapman performance. Gee, I'm going to tell you right now yeah. that took me back. That took me back to 1988 when I graduated from college and first moved here to Seattle. Yeah. I love that song. Yeah. I have not heard from Tracy Chapman since then, but to see her perform that song with country superstar Luke Combs, mm-hmm. who was so gracious and was so appreciative because he made it a hit again. Right. Um, and to perform with her, it was the first time she performed live on TV in nine years. So it had been a long time since I'd seen her. Mm-hmm. And I just had, I was all in my feels about that one. And then the other person who was um, a, a basically honored last night was Joni Mitchell. Do you remember her song? Uh, but she she sang a different version of it. Now, she's 80 years old now. It was the first time for her to perform at the Grammys, and uh, she was with our Seattle's own Brandi Carlisle performing it. I looked at love from both sides now. She had a near-fatal aneurysm, and so she had to learn again how to speak and to sing. Again, this was one of those things where I just got really emotional. And as I was sharing with Dave Ross this morning, maybe it's as I get older, I it just the, the whole passage of time. I, I I just thinking her as eighty years old. I remember how young I was when that song first came out and was popular. It's very catchy, right? First of all, right. But to see her performing. And being so strong at the age of 80 after all that she's gone through. Yeah. I, I thought it was pretty incredible. Here's where here's what the Grammys did right. Number one, it starts with the host. Period. Right? I think about those things. The Trevor Noah, I'm glad you brought that up. I look at Trevor Noah as being, in my opinion, one of the best. I think Trevor Noah, when I think of myself to get ready to host an event, right? Being able to try to be funny, being able to say some things, uh, maybe say some things that's a little risque, but a little close to that, like I do on a radio show every sure. single day, right? Yes. <laughs> and so I love with Trevor, Trevor Noah. So that, number one, was the first thing they did well. The second thing they did well is they wanted to say, who is going to be talking about this the most? Let me give them something. Let me give them some music between 20 and 30 years ago so I can get them thinking back to where they were during this time, 20, 30, 40 years ago. Because in my opinion, I believe that music was the best then. But that's just my opinion. It's subjective. And while at the same time giving some of the young folks 
right? A little something. Yes. So they really did a good job of diversifying. It was fantastic. Yes. Okay, now let's talk about Jay-Z because he was brought in. He was brought in. I mean, that guy is a megastar with a megastar wife. And he was brought in to... um, Play some sound on that. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so he won the Dr. Dre Award. So yeah. here, here he is. I don't want to embarrass this young lady, but she has more Grammys than everyone and never won album of the year. So even by your own metrics, that doesn't work. Think about that. The most Grammys never won album of the year. That doesn't work. You know, some of you, some of you going to go home tonight and feel like you've been robbed. Some of you may get robbed. Some of you don't belong in the category. <laughs> oh, no, 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 that was it. No, when I get nervous, I tell the truth. I mean, that guy is at a, at a level. He has done so much for the music industry, and he is at a level that so many people will never, ever, ever reach. And I get that he wanted to talk, you know, in support of his wife. That but... was dumb. <laughs> that was dumb by Jay Z. Um, I don't. I don't know what it is. And, and Ursula, I'm telling you right now, there's things that I try to continue to do to I never want to. Um, it feels like when people become well to do, they just get disconnected and detached from reality. When I hear Jay-Z talk, I hear Kanye I hear some of these people that have so much money. I hear people who don't get told no anymore. I hear people, everything that they say, they have people around them that laugh at their jokes, right? They're like the boss of a corporation or something, and everybody's like, (laughs) 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 and and you you just laugh, and so you become disconnected because you got yes people around you. I thought that was... Dumb, Jay-Z. Beyonce looked a little bit uncomfortable. It was like, oh, no, don't have your Kanye. And then he brought their beautiful daughter up on stage. Oh, my goodness. She's beautiful. She looks exactly like Beyonce. Started out rough. <laughs> You're so funny. I know you said, I am I, of the mindset that all no, babies. no baby. Yeah, yeah, all babies are beautiful. Okay, here's the you, big You back, say big that back. in your mind all the time? Even when you see that baby that's questionable, <laughs> you like, ooh. They're cute in their own way. Okay. Okay, this is the big, big, big fat favor. Yeah. We are so blessed to have listeners who text us all the time on our text line. And you all are so good about that. I need a new favor. Because we do, uh, we have podcasts and we have not been pushing, in four years we have not been pushing our podcasts. And we really need and want you to, if you've missed any portion of our show, you can subscribe for our podcast. Uh, search for the G and Ursula show wherever you get your podcasts. And when you're on our page, hit that subscribe button and you will automatically receive every hour of every show. And if you have the option, you can even give us a review. Please be kind. But you can give us a review and you know what? That helps us a ton. So I'm going to be shameless about it and I'm going to ask you guys a favor. Please, please, please. If you don't already do it, subscribe to our podcast. Good stuff. Good job, Ursula. Get a little Taylor Jacobs to you. (laughs) Coming up next here on the show, we need to talk. Uh, Nine and ten adults over the age of 50 say that this is a problem at work. Next, Jitterson.
Outstanding there, Nick. Coming up Ooh, at the 10 of you. Uh, coming up in the 10 o'clock hour, what would you do if a loved one continued to donate money to something that might not benefit them? We'll tell you what that's about. Next question. How bad is age discrimination in the workplace? Well, a new AARP survey found, by the way, I got a little notice from AARP the other day. (laughs) (laughs) A new AARP survey found that 64% of adults age 50 and over think older workers face discrimination and 9 in 10 believe that age discrimination against older workers is common. More than one in 10 said that they have been passed up for a promotion or chance to get ahead because of their age. 888-973-5476 is the Muckleshoot Casino Resort text line. Do you believe age discrimination in the workplace is a problem? Ursula? Yes. Yes. And I think it's also perpetuated by some of the comments that I hear that you and I say even on a daily basis. Or that we see on our text message line. Mm-hmm. How many times do we joke around? Oh, I'm sounding old. Oh, I sound like an old man. Oh, I sound as if it's negative. Everything attached to age is seen as negative. And we are almost unique in that in the U.S. in terms of how we don't value our elderly like many other cultures do. Right. Uh, so I think that's one thing. I think I think so often we're it's an insult. One of the fr- in fact, I just told you guys, please listen to our podcasts. Leave a review if you're able to leave a review. One of the first reviews when we first started the show was on our uh, podcast page, and someone basically said Ursula has been around for such a long time. Okay, mind you, I was 55 years old when we started our show. Like, you fit, what are you 55 I'm and fi- a half now? <clears throat> Go ahead. Actually, I didn't even do the math well. 54, because I'm 58 now. And um, there was someone who basically was like, put her out to pasture. She's 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 been around so long. She's you know old. We need new voices, blah, blah, blah. And, and was using my experience and my age as something to insult me. Yeah. I mean, how many times will we see a, a note like, okay, boomer? Right. Like, it's, it's such a negative. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, in, in the workplace, older people are not looked at so often in, in terms of the wisdom or the experience that they bring. But it's like, well, that person has a big fat paycheck. That person's not going to change. That person is old in their ways. And there's things that we can do also as older workers that don't help our case. Like if we're not willing to adjust with the times or learn new things, then we're going to get that. So sometimes the criticism is warranted, but a lot of times, I would say most of the time it's not. I I like that. Most of the time it's not. Lately, I'll tell you what's triggered me. It has been the discussion centered around the NFL. And right now there is this trend that is happening with young head coaches being hired. Right. And a lot has been said how the Seattle Seahawks have gone from the oldest head coach in the league to now the youngest head coach in the league. And so there have been a few comments on social media saying, yeah, you know what? The game has passed Pete Carroll by and his age and this and that. And to which I say this. 
first of all, I respect the Seattle Seahawks decision. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that. But I will say, so are you saying that the reason why the Seahawks didn't make the playoffs last year was because of Pete's age? Right? So you got to get very specific as to, so when you start doing that, it gets harder to discriminate against the age. Are you saying that this person at this company can't do this job because of their age? Give me a specific example as to why. Are you saying that Ursula can't do this radio show because she was she is 54 years old? Get specific as to what isn't she good at. It's harder to discriminate when you have to be specific. Well, and one of the ways that you can discriminate, and I'll just use radio as an example, but our target audience is between 25 and 54 years old. That's the demographic that brings in the most money. So uh, according to advertisers, sure. the reality is at 25, you're not bringing in the most money. It's more like 35 plus. Sure. But in the advertising world, 25, 54 is the key. Mm-hmm. And so one of the reasons why they think that radio people age out is because, well, you're no longer speaking to the key demographic. So that would be one thing. Again, you're looked at in terms of what is it for my bottom line? Mm -hmm. And even if you've been someplace for 30 or 40 years or whatever, in many cases, and now let's not look at radio, but just in general, they're looking for you to get out because you're heavy on their on on their you know, basically payroll. Sure. They can, they can find two people for the cost of one in their minds. This is a a two way street because I need to bring up the fact that there's also age discrimination against young people, uh, dismissing ideas, not being listened to in meetings. Mm -hmm. How old are you? Yeah. That's still an acceptable question to ask. And it's brought up like clearly you're so young. And so your ideas should not be valued. Right. That's true. Yeah. That's true. We, should, we all need to be better. I know one thing. You could be real old at 30, think you know it all, and not willing to listen to anyone in your life and continue to stay in your comfortable bubble. You could be aged out and old at 30. And then you got the 75-year-old that is a part of different organizations. They get to know a lot of people. They're willing to accept others' ideas. And then you wonder why that 75-year-old is, man, who is something about them? That's what it is. They're willing and opening up to people. And they listen to Nick's of the world, right? Mm, I thought I was the old soul, though. You are the old soul. soul. Hey, uh, coming up next on the Gene Ursula Show, speaking of, find out what happens when some Washington residents donate to something every single day. Excuse me, every other day. We do that next, Gene Ursula.